Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Blaster Cannon. It's been a while. Thank you for coming back and listening to us. I am brought to you with Megan. Hello. And Miss Saf. Hello. Hello. Why does Saf get a title? I don't know. I, just, a title? I, I don't know. She's but she's like but she doesn't have a last name, so it's just Miss Saf. She's like oh, Prince, remember? True. She's we, we've got last I, names. Saf doesn't for as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. So. I insist on being referred to as Commander. <laughs> Ma- Commander <laughs> Megan? Okay. <laughs> go, go on. Yeah, oh wow, wow. Well, um, today, my friends, we are going to be talking about Last Jedi tie-in books, um, or should I say The Last Jedi, not just Last Jedi. I'm not sure what the proper, or proper, proper, whatever I was trying to say. The proper title is, do I have to say The The before Last Jedi? When you're talking about the intergalactic conflict, it's Last Jedi. When you're talking about the cartoon series started in the mid-2000s, it's the last Jedi. Okay, okay, okay. I, I can feel that. I can feel that. So uh, yeah, we got a couple books. I used to always. I never knew what to how to write Clone Wars. Go on. <laughs> yep, that's same. true. It's a the or true. It's very true. So we've got a lot. Of, we got a couple. Not a lot, but a, lot, a number of things to talk about. You know, Last Jedi a little bit, kind of where we maybe where we kind of stand. And I, I guess we'll kind of start with there. Um, so I'll, I'll start with you, Megan. The Last Jedi has been out for a while. We did our big, really fun review. Uh, I had a blast talking to you guys about it, and I, obviously we had you know, differing opinions in places. DJ, <laughs> so I, which I'm actually very curious if you guys still feel the love for DJ as much as you did back then. But just in general, uh, how is the Last Jedi st- uh, state? <laughs> Stop it, Saf. How is the Last Jedi? <laughs> I'm sorry. My favorite thing about the Last Jedi has just been all these women being like. DJ is the best, and all these men being like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I guess we just don't. I guess we just don't. But anyway, but first, Megan, I'll go with Have you. there been... What? Have there been more? Like, I haven't, I seen, haven't seen this any. happening much outside seen of I've seen us. <laughs> I just got both things. Um, <laughs> I have out. seen so many people be like, DJ is, like, weirdly attractive and then all these other like all these dudes i know being like i don't get it like i don't see what you see it keeps happening to me i get it he's mysterious (laughs) dangerous i get it it's better than the raylo discourse for sure um so my thoughts are actually available on den of geek at the moment i have a couple articles up about luke skywalker and my opinion on Luke Skywalker's role in The Last Jedi has not changed, um, which is that I think it was a good a good choice for him. Something that's percolated since then was that I feel like a lot more of the sort of seriousness and weight of it outweighed the humor for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not as I'm not really salty about any of the humor. For a lot of things with fandom, I take what I want and leave the rest. And every once in a while, I kind of remember like. There's some things that didn't feel right in it to me, but 
overall, I really like what it did um, in terms of revitalizing fandom, too. I've (laughs) enjoyed seeing... I've not really enjoyed the arguments, but I've enjoyed that there's a lot of fan content coming out. I've been able to enjoy it kind of as a story, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not... um, Especially with Kylo Ren, there's a lot of conversation about, like... Is he or is he not a good person? And I still don't really care about whether he is or is not a good person. I'm more concerned about is or is he not a good character, which I think mm. that he is. Mm. I, yeah. I, have, well said. I have noticed some criticism that I do agree with is that a lot of the decisions in this movie were about Kylo's decisions or Kylo's feelings rather than Ray's feelings. And I still really hope that we're going to see more from her because I, didn't, I don't think we got quite enough of sort of the fallout of what she feels about some of these things. I still love and feel that that um, the moment where she's flying the Falcon, she comes in to rescue the crew on crate and she just kind of whoops. She just like shouts because she's happy and having a good time. I still think that's extremely underrated and should be talked about more often. Agreed. I agree with that. Yeah. Like Ray should emote more. That's about it. That's uh, kind of lots of different um, ideas, Mm -hmm. but nothing... Super deep. Right. <laughs> and I, I do, my interest in DJ has waned. I'm Thank not as... God. Like, <laughs> Thank God. Not, like, uh, there are other things for me to talk about. <laughs> I haven't actually read the comic, but I still... Well, the comic I, comes out um, um, tomorrow, actually, I think. Oh, it oh, comes great. out tomorrow. Oh, exciting. Well, I read the preview pages, pages that came out. How, and they how were the preview funny. pages? Uh, it looks fun. Not like anything mind-blowing, but fun. Oh. Love fun. That's all I can give it. I love fun. <laughs> Fun's exciting. Saf, what, what about you? How how are you staying? How, how is The Last Jedi staying with you these days? Um, i got to say, kind of similar to Megan in a lot of ways, um, mm. especially with the whole like criticisms of Rey not really getting a lot of her own agency in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, she does get her own agency, but like she doesn't get as much towards the end. story time, mm-hmm. I guess. I yeah, especially the, towards the end. There's like a key difference here between agency and interiority. She has a lot yeah. of agency, but not as much interiority. That's a good way to put it. I couldn't think of a good way to put it, and that's exactly it. Wow. That's kind of the one thing that's kind of stuck with me since. I've otherwise, like, I feel pretty much exactly the same as when I saw it. Like, I don't really. I wish the discourse would chill out a little bit on some things, yeah. but that's how Star Wars fandom do. So I can live with that. I don't know. Yeah, I still love DJ. Of course. I kind of dream about him, actually. Whoa! <laughs> Not in a weird way. I was just watching Star Wars in my dream. You're infatuated with this guy, man. Excellent. Excellent. I am weirdly DJ. into this guy. Man. I think I think a full, a full I think BB-8 was in it, this too. comic. Wait, wait, wait. You said BB-8? Oh, I will. You said BB-8's infatuated with him, too? No, no, I think BB-8 was also in the dream, so it wasn't just oh, DJ. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay, okay. <laughs> Well, of course, a droid's in, the, in your dream, Saf. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'm kind of on a... Uh, I hate to bring up Halo, because I always do it, but I'm kind of in a similar place with The Last Jedi that I am with Halo 5, where, like, I care, I like it, I like the characters and stuff, and, like, I mean, I love The Last Jedi, I don't really love Halo 5, but I'm kind of in a 
limbo with it until the final movie comes out if that makes mm, sense like no, totally i still love it and i will love it no matter what the next movie does my feelings for it are kind of on hold until i get the resolution of the entire yeah. trilogy yeah that, i think that's well said for me the last jedi is kind of gone through a really up and down process even after i had seen it three times i just kind of i think it really depends on my mood when i go see it i saw it with my, one of my really good friends chris and his wife rachel and i had a blast watching it i was actually sick and i forced myself sorry everyone around me who was, who was you know around me not being sick and i got you sick sorry but uh <laughs> so i i watched it and i just i just loved it i'm like yeah i love that movie i went and saw it with my in-laws and i it was it felt kind of long and there's some parts where i'm like okay let's get going so, you know i just i felt its length a lot more i'll never forget my father-in-law look <laughs> he looked at me after the movie i'm like what'd you think larry and he goes I'm, I'm, uh, he said, I am exhausted. I, he said, I forgot what exactly what he said, but he basically said, I am mentally spent. That's what he said. I am mentally spent <laughs> after seeing that movie. And he, now granted, he hasn't, they're not Star Wars fans. And they went for me for my birthday. It took me to, to uh, just go see it at, like at one of those, uh, it's called Cinder Bar. They serve food and stuff like that. So it took my wife and I out to go see it. And, and it's interesting. Morgan hates that movie. She does not like it. She does. She does a really? lot. Of, yeah, she's she's got a lot of problems with it. Which that's a whole other show in and of itself. Which for me though, which is important here, it's me. Um, but uh, for me, it's just <laughs> we'll talk about her like it, thoughts on the themes some other time. Yeah, yeah, no. But for me, it's just one of those things where I I love so much of it, and there's a lot of it I just don't really care for, and and it's all kind of over the place. So I, I just kind of want to wait to kind of live with it for a while. So I've seen it five times. I'm good with that. I'm really excited to go see it on 4K when it comes out in a few months. So I'm just I'm just kind of waiting for that. Every my 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 loves are still I still love Ray, Kylo Ren, and Luke. I don't really like the Resistance stuff as much. I've come to terms with the the Canto Bite stuff though. I think I think if there's one thing that I have kind of come to terms with, it's probably that. And I like Rose's character a lot more. Um, Yay! Yeah. So yeah. If she, anything's happened, I love Rose more since watching that movie. No, like I love yeah. Rose so much. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the the Rose Defense Squad. Like, yeah. I, and we'll talk more about that too. Like, I'm glad that she's in several of the tie-in books mm-hmm. that we are going to talk about later on. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I think there's I think there's still problems with the movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but at the same time. Oh, yeah. I think there's some really amazing stuff in it too. And to talk about the Ray thing really fast, you know, I I remember arguing with people, uh, not even arguing, discussing people. Cause I, right now I've kind of taken a step back from arguing with people on Twitter. I kind of lost it one day <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? This is not worth it. And so, uh, I'm just kind of, I'm just pretty much like debating with people that I trust and know I can be like, you know, myself with, you know, without them, me reading in what they were saying or whatever, but I remember talking to uh, Mark on the, um, the last Jedi, or last Jedi, Jedi Archives podcast with uh, him and his wife Megan doing an awesome podcast. I remember talking to them about we're discussing about how I think that the Last Jedi truly is Kylo Ren's movie, and you know, and we were debating about that, and I said, you know, the, the end of the film is like you know, I would agree with that it's Ray's movie, but she disappears literally the last part of the movie, which it becomes Kylo's mm. film at that point. Even throughout the whole movie, Ray and Kylo Ren are like equal footing, you know, and then she kind of disappears. So to me, it's like, 
I just immediately gravitate towards Kylo Ren at that, that being his film. Now I'm a little biased too, because Kylo Ren's probably my favorite Star Wars character ever now. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I definitely feel like after seeing it five times, it definitely feels like it's Kylo Ren's movie to me. So I, I still love the movie. I love Star Wars. It hasn't changed. But, you know, I definitely have some issues with it with after seeing it a couple of times. So anything else to follow up? My with? favorite oh. thing, my favorite thing about The Last Jedi is seeing it with the new audience because mm-hmm. the audience reactions to it are just so much fun. Last time I saw it, there was like a family with a kid next to me and there was a couple guys that were like really into it a little, a few hours ahead of me. And at the start of the movie, one of the kids was like, where's Ray? Where's Ray? Why isn't Ray here? Which was really cute. But the best part was that when Snoke got cut in half, this one guy in the audience was like, yeah, suck it, Snoke. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's amazing. And apparently he also did something when Holdo smashed the destroyer, but I was in the bathroom at that time because I forgot when that moment was, and so I missed it. But apparently he also like said something really mean to Snoke when that happened, so this guy <laughs> apparently just hated Snoke. Suck at Snoke. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite thing about the movie is just seeing it with people who haven't seen it before because it, there's just so many things in it that just surprise people and make them laugh and shock them, and it's just it's good. That's awesome. Awesome. Anything else, Megan? No, I definitely appreciate Holdo's sacrifice scene very much. And I think it's so distinct and it still kind of uh, surprises me every time as something we don't really see in Star Wars yeah. normally. So. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It was good. Good little scene. All right. So on to a few news items. I'm going to start with the one about Leland Chi saying that we should expect more Legends characters to be brought into the new canon. Now, this is very interesting. Megan, you, you, I think you have a lot to say about this. Yeah, so this was, um, <laughs> I, I have the moderate your expectations and the woohoo, I'm really excited. Both parts of me are feeling those things right sure, now. Sure. So, all parts. All 50% parts. each way. Anyway, um... <laughs> So, so this is hilarious. This was in response to a tweet. It was in response to I, I don't know who it was, just someone on Twitter asking about canon characters, right? And it was a very brief. Yes, there will be something going forward. There will be some can't let or excuse me, legends characters brought into canon coming forward. So, and then um, there've been articles written about it and a lot of speculation. And of course, none of that is really based on anything right now so the part of me that's moderating myself is saying this is and isn't news it is because it gives us a sort of timeline maybe it'll happen what does soon mean right does that mean the han solo movie does that mean the introduction of the next animated series after rebels like what does soon mean does that mean a comic book but does that mean the DJ comic book? No. Like, we don't know. Oh, but um, <laughs> now I'm just doing it to bother you, Paul. Yeah, true. It's working. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I think that this is, you know, relatively minor. But on the other hand, of course, I've always got my lists in my head. And this is, these are the canon characters that I want to see. And they're all these, like, really obscure characters. Like, <laughs> same. You know, like, who's going to, like... Mine's, like, Luke Jane Ford, who, like, dies in the first Rose Gordon book after a couple chapters. Mine are just the most vague people. <laughs> yeah, so, like, super vague. My brain's on the New Jedi Order right now. So I'm like, give me like, <laughs> something completely implausible. I'm always like, give what? me some use on Vong, you know. No! So... And that's yes. like, it's not going to happen. Sorry. It's Ugh. not going to happen. Oh, I would God. I would owe you a hamburger or something if <laughs> the 
I don't know, we were just talking about food earlier, so that's where yeah, I went. Yeah, you are I will, hungry. I'll bet you... <laughs> some, I was saying I wanted cake before. Oh. I'll bet you something that the New Jedi Order characters will not show up in any canon material anytime soon. I want some cupcakes. But I would love it. At Celebration, cupcakes. how about that? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, all right, cool. Wait, I'm betting against my own... You are? Yeah, I don't wait if you lose. If you <laughs> lose, you bet you win. <laughs> But, but you win either way, right? We get cupcakes and you get the Yuzong Wong. Exactly. No, I would, but, but I'm betting against my own... Whatever. Um, <laughs> um, how, about, how about this? If I'll, I'll change it. If we get the Yuzong Wong, I will, I, will I will buy all of us, meaning all a big group of us, a, a ton of okay. cupcakes to share. That's much okay. better. It's kind of what I originally meant to say in the first place anyway. Now I okay. really want the Yuzong Wong to happen because I want Cupcake Party to happen. True. <laughs> we can make that happen anyway, but let's just, you know, never know. Never know. Never know. <laughs> Those are my feelings. Either this is going to be, like, amazing, and in several months I'm going to be like, yes, they brought in whatever. <laughs> or it's going to be, like, one minor cameo in a comic or one yeah. minor cameo in the Han Solo movie, and it's going to be like, whatever, this is the relatively easy route. <laughs> I have many feelings about this, but yes. none of them are conclusive. All right. Saf, what's your what's your take on all this? Hmm. I kind of been trying to figure it out the last couple of days because of this, but I think it's mostly that it's it doesn't feel like news that canon stuff well, not canon stuff, but legends, characters and stuff will be canonized. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it is kind of news because it could mean that someone important from Legends will be canonized because sure. we've gotten Thrawn before. Yeah. But I'm also like any of the characters that I would care about being canonized aren't likely to be canonized because they're either from obscure books or they're like side characters who die two pages into the book or something like that. Nobody I care about enough from Legends could really excite me enough and be realistic to happen. Lady so Revan? I'm sort of sitting here like, I'm excited what was it? Lady Revan? Lady Revan. Oh, okay. That's one that could get me excited, See, actually. I, I know you too well, <laughs> Saf. I'm like, wait a minute. And also, Juhani, who also wouldn't get canonized because nobody cares about Juhani. Who is but that? But anyways, <laughs> she's the, what, the female romance, uh, the, the lesbian romance oh from KOTOR. My. She's a uh, gay wow. cat lady. I love her. I'm not the first time I've talked about gay cat people on this no, podcast. No, defi- but... it's definitely not the first time, ironically. <laughs> But I think, like, yeah, if it was KOTOR-era stuff, that could get me into it. But otherwise, I'm like, meh. I am excited for people who will be excited about it, but I'm not excited for myself. I I think it's a good call, what you're saying. Like, it's probably not going to be the characters that maybe you want if they're, you know, excuse me. Nah, I can't talk today. The characters that you want necessarily, (laughs) Saf, but I would say that I, I automatically go gravitate towards the bigger names, like a Revan of some sort something like that so i'm trying to think of you know dash rendar she's or um i mean no i'm serious <laughs> mm. i mean those are, those I mean, are big names i mean i think know. if i was gonna make like a more realistic choice yeah. mara jade would be on the list as well yeah, true yeah. yeah yeah i think if i remember remember correctly the tweet that leland sent out was very much like you'll be very surprised of who we bring is that what he says i want to say he emphasizes like you'll be you'll be surprised of don't remember what he said. Don't bring up the tweet. I'm gonna help um, me out here. Help me I'll out. I'll confirm it real quick. All right, but as as you're tr- confirming that, 
I kind of think that major names are probably going to be the one, the more obviously the, the more ones that we're going to get. So I think. Wouldn't he say it was like he was talking about Tag and Fink being yeah. brought into canon? So he said I'm like, if they can, um, anyone can. Is what he said. It, yeah, yeah, that you, was it, yeah, you wouldn't believe some of the legend See? characters that will be cropping up in various See? media, plural, various media okay. in the coming months. If Tag and Fink can show up it, as they would do in the Han Solo movie, anything is possible. See? What if he's talking about someone like Jackson or something? I would <laughs> love that. Yeah, I actually would love that. Jackson would be a great, a great thing because he's so ridiculous and it'd be fun. And you could throw him in the universe and have him be like a rare species of his kind. And then, you know, I don't know. I, I think We've got be... Yoda already. A weird green dude is not like, he wouldn't be the first weird green dude in Star Wars. <laughs> All right. He would be a weird green rabbit. Yeah, he'd be a rabbit. I mean, <laughs> which by the way, there's been too many. Uh, one, thing about, one thing about TLJ I'm going to bring up really fast. There's too many mentions of snakes. It's weird. It's going to throw it out there right now. I, there's I been a lot of mentions of snakes just in Star Wars in general, I think. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. Anyway, anyway, so I think the obvious one that I think a lot of us really want is uh, that I'm not necessarily you two, but for me, and this, I'm included in this, is Revan. I th- I really want Revan. And yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I, I want Revan only if she's a lady. Like, yeah, I otherwise, just think gender is the only thing we disagree on here. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care if she's a lady or whatever. I just want Revan. The character's so cool. So, yeah. I mean... But if it's a, if it's a, if it's a lady or a guy, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I know it matters to you too. That's that's. I totally. If it's respect. a guy, it's just another like cranky dark side dude. Like we've got so many of those already. You're we don't wrong. have like a really no. cool established lady villain yet in Star Wars, which yeah. is what I'm kind of hanging out for. Yeah, um, that's and so true. Revan would kind of fill that spot if they made her a woman because she would be like this established legendary character. He's also a lady, um, as opposed to like you know Sidious, Plagueis, Kylo, Snoke, mm-hmm. uh, Anakin. <laughs> Like yeah. talking all the yeah, because when, when Ventress kind of went went straight a little bit, you know, it, it sounds like yeah, uh, Ventress is kind of anti-hero. Yeah, anti- yeah, yeah, yeah. So she doesn't really count. You know, you're right. And besides, and uh, you can't include the Night Sisters. You can't forget about them. Mm-hmm. But they're not like yeah. pre- they're not a premier like name like Sidious and Kylo Ren and and Vader and. Yeah, so I, I think that's yeah. what that's and that makes more sense. of the kind of hierarchy. That's where Revan would be in the hierarchy, right? Yeah, be right, like more right. with even yeah. a Thrawn or Palpatine. But anyway, yeah, Revan would be cool. Yeah. I don't know if what's another what's another mm-hmm. big, what, 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 before we move on. Let's think of another name besides Revan uh, Dash Rendar. I know you guys probably don't care about Dash Rendar. I think he's fine, but and Shizor. Well, I actually like Shizor a lot. I think he's an interesting character. Besides them, who else as a in Mary Jane? Besides those. Who else would you think is a big name in, in the EU that we could bring into the canon? Maybe Tycho? He's not a huge name, but he is a well-known character in the fandom. And right. he goes with Wedge. Yeah, like he'd be relatively oh. easy to slot in as well. He's a So he, um, I, I don't know that character, so it's probably from the Rogue, the Rogue Squadron oh. series? Yeah, he's from okay. the X-Wing books. Okay. And other stuff, I think, possibly? I'm not sure. But yeah, he's definitely in the X-Wing books, and so like okay, he's well, quite well-known amongst that part of the fandom. Oh, who else? It's hard yeah, to think maybe about. Maybe Chewie's family. Has already been mentioned on the clone wars and has a pretty i i don't, I don't know i haven't seen darth bane fandom in a while but for a while there was yeah darth bane fandom. that's a good one yeah that's darth quite a recognizable yeah, I, could, one. I could definitely see darth bane coming in again because yeah they have already brought him in at least a little bit i darth plagueis would be interesting actually but he's already mentioned in the in the series so i wouldn't really count i wouldn't really count him 
Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Yeah, but he hasn't like been like we don't have the novel for him anymore or anything. Like his <sighs> his whole existence is decanonized now. Yeah, you're you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. What about for him being an awful person? Legends character. What's that? I think Plagueis does count as a canon character because he has canon mention. But you're right; you can totally like, yeah. rewrite that novel. Yeah, exactly. What about the other guy from Heir to the Empire? Let's just make everyone in Heir to the Empire uh, canon. Talon Card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that his name? Yeah. I think everyone can in over There's there. There's also um, Isard. I don't remember what her rank was. Oh my god, Isard. Make her canon. What about Winter? Isard. What about Winter? Yes. Winter? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, Winter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so... Winter could step into episode 9. Oh, dude. But yeah. have a long lost Skywalker baby. What up? It continues. Wait. It continues. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Winter was never a Skywalker baby. No, no, no. She could bring. No, she could bring a Skywalker baby out of nowhere. Like, guess who I found? Oh. We lost all those years ago. Skywalker baby. What's up? I was just thinking she would like be a stand-in. <laughs> Random. For... Random Raya. lost baby. Random lost <laughs> like, baby. Like, hey, I just is... balanced on the side of the road. I just, it's, but it's a Skywalker. I know it is. Yes! I we can get to 11 Oh, it's, it's, it feels good to let go and be sad at the same time. <sighs> All right. Well, moving on to uh, other things. My time, we have right now, at this very moment, um, we have not gotten a solo trailer. Um, I'm just kind of really quickly... Does that bother any? It probably doesn't bother any YouTube. You guys hate Han Solo, so. Um... I don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, oh, I so I want to I want to know. Like, I do want to know stuff because it's a new movie coming out, and like. I don't I, believe you. I like stout. I don't believe you. Do but... you, Seth? I don't, no, I don't it's all right. I don't, but... think Seth, I don't think I don't believe a word you just said, Seth. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe anything you. that I say. <laughs> I mean, I want to see the trailer, but I also, the sooner the trailer comes out, the sooner we have to deal with more fandom discourse flaring up. So I'm, at the moment, I'm kind of like, I'm chill with no trailer. Well, I'm same. chill with the discourse being, where's the trailer right now? Yeah, that's, I, 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 really, <laughs> I'm, I know it's going to happen eventually, so I'm just like, man, whatever. Megan? It's one kind of discourse or another. There's no winning. There is no winning. Um, <laughs> the reason I put this in my notes is because I wanted us to acknowledge it, just to say, yes, there's still no trailer. There could be one tomorrow. We're currently recording on Tuesday, January 30th. <laughs> but I just wanted to acknowledge that, nope, we don't have one yet. That's about all my feelings about it. When we do, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be cool, but I'm not chomping at the bit for it. You know, we've gone over that already, so... All right. Well, last couple things we have. There is a Last Jedi novelization that's pretty much only for Saf and people like Saf and Megan, because I will never read novelizations. <laughs> so I don't... only for Saf. They write it literally and... just for me. Yeah, Were no, we no. just talking about this um, Saf edition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, a... I personally don't read novelizations. They're not my thing. But I know you guys. I might say Sap and Megan, but it's, it's mainly like yep. people, you guys love that stuff. I'm not into it. I'm, I, if I yeah, and movie, we're big tie-in book people. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. So anyway, you're, give me your thoughts on the Last Jedi novelization. I know there's some included new scenes. 
Yep, I'm definitely excited about the new scenes. The book is out on March 6th, and I always like tie-ins because I can kind of learn. I can see what the authors changed, how they chose the things they chose, especially Jason Fry tends to do behind-the-scenes blogs, so he'll talk exactly about why he chose certain perspectives or why he chose certain themes or what he learned when he was privy to those deleted scenes. Um, I'm really interested in the kind of technical aspect. How do you adapt something? What is your philosophy when you're adapting it? What do you emphasize? What do you de-emphasize? All those ideas are kind of, as much as I enjoy reading the novelizations for the story, I've already, in most cases, seen the story. Now I want to see what does this individual author bring to it. This is going to be Jason Fry's first book for the, the adult set of Star Wars fans. So I'm curious to see how his style translates, because I really liked his style in Servants of the Empire and various other middle grade tie-in books that he's done. He writes very slow, like, action stuff. Yeah, that's a good word for it, I think. I feel like he'll be able to do The Last Jedi justice, because he'll be able to kind of write along to the quick time frame they have in it quite well. Um, If it was, like, a more thoughtful film, he might not write as well for it, but... I think, yeah, him as a pick for The Last Jedi is a good one. And I'm really keen to read it to see, yeah, how he adapts the film into his own thing. And I'm really keen for the deleted scenes. Like, some people are really mad that deleted scenes weren't in the movie, but that movie was already so long. (laughs) Did not need the extra scenes in it. And so I'm keen to see what those scenes were. And because they'll be in a novel, they get a bit more fleshing out. I do like novelizations of films just because they have a bit more time to linger on scenes and on, like, realizations and character relationships than a movie does because a movie only has, like, a certain amount of time it's allowed to go for whereas a book can kind of I mean a book can't go on forever obviously but books tend to have a bit more room to go into things which is why I like the novelizations like um in the Rogue One one by Alexander Freed there's that whole bit when Scarif's getting not Scarif the other one Jeddah's being blown up where he kind of like goes into little snippets of other people who are dying basically who are about to die at that moment which is just beautiful but obviously the movie didn't have time to do that or maybe didn't think to do that and so that's why I dig novelizations so really quickly, we'll talk about the Forces of Destiny comics. I picked, I've been picking these up. Two out of three are actually original stories. One isn't. The Ray story is a retelling, which I want to talk about really fast. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really interesting the fact that like they just instead of doing a whole new story, they're like actually let's just re- retell the the cartoons. And I wonder if that's a specific reason. Like they don't want to still dive too deeply into Ray's past. Do you guys feel the same? I know the Star Wars Adventures, they did a, a, a short little story about her and Uncar, which is really cute and adorable, by the way. I really like that story. And I like the, and I like the stories from Forces of Destiny cartoons, but I thought it was interesting that they wouldn't, they didn't let them do an original story. And I feel like that came from Lucasfilm, like, no, we don't want to do another another uh, independent or a new original story. Did you guys get that same feeling? Have you guys read, are you guys reading these comic books? I'm not um, reading them yet, but I want to. So I have read the two original ones. It turns out I actually did not know the Ray one was not an original story, but I've read Leia and mm. Hera, and I yep. enjoyed them. They were definitely targeted for a younger group. I don't have any super specific analysis on them, but they were a lot of fun, and the art was good. In terms of Ray, my two thoughts on that are, number one, we already had Before the Awakening yep. in Force Awakens, and I fear... not. I fear. That's a strong word. It's true. But also, um, 
in this case, <laughs> I believe that maybe they didn't want to repeat something that happened in Before the Awakening, and there's so little time to tell Rey stories in the Last Jedi era because it happened so quickly. Yeah. I say era, but it happened you know minutes after the Force Awakens. There isn't time for Rey stories in between those two things, so it might have been less that they didn't want to explore more for the Force Awakens and more that they couldn't explore before the Last Jedi. The other thing that I'm curious whether you like thought about this, Paul, or, or what you think about it. Mm-hmm. I recently got tie-in novel for uh, the new Avengers movie. Oh, the Infinity War, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my roommate got it. I read it because she had it. She's more into Marvel than I am, but I was reading it, and about half of it of the, it's two issues, I think, and about half of the first issue is a retelling of the end of. Um, the previous Avengers movie. So mm-hmm. that's like a normal thing. And I wonder how much of it is marketing, whether it's here, mm-hmm. we're going to show you, we're going to remind you what happened in the last movie, basically. Mm-hmm. But I have only those two examples to compare, and two is not a good amount for a pattern. Right. So right. I might, that might just be, I happened to. You know, experience these two things in quick succession. Paul, you read more comics than so, I do, but you also read mostly original stuff, not so right. much this movie tie-in stuff. So, true. what do you think about that? Well, I, I think, and it, here's the thing: sometimes what comics will do, they'll do retellings and they'll do different perspectives and try to give a different spin. And maybe I haven't, I don't read the the, the tie-in comic books for the Marvel films because I'm, I'm too into the original universe that like I just don't have the money to spend towards the the tie-in comics that are that are, are are loosely based off what I have already you know ex, you know years and years and years of knowledge of so it's like I mean whatever about those comics but but no but like what what we'll do a lot of times is retell things from different people's perspectives to set up something later on in the down the road so um, maybe that's something that ha- uh, happened with it what's interesting about the Ray comic is that it's literally just the same story like there's no, I don't think there's. It's not like it's all from like BB-8's perspective or or something like that. It's all the. It's basically like just a retelling, like literally a retelling without any other different perspective or at least in my opinion. I I remember hearing that going into it, and I didn't even read it. I, I bought it because I want to support Forces of Destiny because I think it's a great brand. And I, I like. Well, I do. I, I like. I do like the brand, and I I, I on I was <laughs> I was talking to uh, I tweeted at Jonah Marie. On, who runs Wookie uh, Gunner, and I, I love Jonah. And I remember her talking about uh, how expensive some of these dolls are, and I said straight up, like, I'd buy the Princess Leia Wicket one, but it's like 35 bucks. And as much as I love Star Wars toys, like, it's hard for me to buy a Black Series figure at $20, much less a doll that, you know, I don't have any daughters yet, so it's like, uh, <laughs> I, and so I, and I want to get the Wicket. It's mainly for the Wicket, so I was like, ugh. You know, it was it was tough. I want to get it if it was if it was a little bit lower. Like I go twenty five for the doll, but thirty five. Oh, I get it because I I bought that Hux figure just for the masteroid it came with, so I get that. <laughs> I had oh my lord. But admittedly, that was like fifteen bucks because it was like a one of the small ones. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I with this thing, I don't know. It's possible they just had a time constraint and they didn't have time to get a new writer in to come sure. write something for them, possibly. Yeah. Or, like, maybe maybe they don't want to dive more into Ray's past because, like, they don't... Just in case J.J. Abrams decides to explore that in a different it, way. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, we still don't really... Like, we know... 
what we know from the last Jedi, but we still don't know. Like, this could be other things in her past that are important. There's other things that could be explored later on. So it's possible they just don't want to potentially interfere with that. Or that episode just did really, really, really well. Like, was the most popular episode. So they're like, let's just make a book of that episode. So who knows? Mm, That's possible. Young kids do like watching the same thing over and over and over again. So it's entirely possible they love having the book of that same thing and reading it over and over again. Because kids love that stuff. So who knows what it is, really? (laughs) Yeah, and and here's the thing. Like, I I haven't read... I I keep forgetting about... I I picked up the Ahsoka Padme issue. I haven't read that one yet. And I just realized I hadn't. I thought I did, but didn't um so looking at the, all the issues i didn't really oh, yeah care. yeah i haven't read that one yet yeah see i keep forgetting about it um because the problem is it's on idw and all the star wars comics i read are mostly on marvel and so you have to have a separate app to open it because i have i have my comiXology app and i use a marvel app i should just use my comiXology app for everything that's what it's, it has marvel dc and idw but i'm just my brain isn't trained that way i have like marvel's on here and dc's on here and everything else is on comiXology it's weird i'm just weird like that so but no i i haven't read that issue but um i loved 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 the first leia issue hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. For young readers or not, I thought that was a great book. The art was fantastic. I love the art. It was very stylized. I felt the stylized art was appropriate for Star Wars. Sometimes the stylized art is not does not work for Star Wars, in my opinion. And with this one, I think her name is Elsa Cheriter. I can't. I can't pronounce things i apologize but her, i loved her art my only beef with anything that she did in the book was that i thought vader looked a little bit a car- little too much cartoony for me but i mean that at the same time that's whatever that, the rest of the book was great i loved the, the, of leia riding a, a tauntaun on hoth that was that was so cool <laughs> oh yeah that i've seen pictures of that that's really cool no, it's a great it's a great book i think it's one of the better star wars mm-hmm. comics i've read in months so I, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. So I didn't really care for the Hera one. I got kind of bored. So, and I like Hera a lot. So I was like, I'm a little disappointed by that. I thought the Leia one was better than the Hera one, yes. which was also kind of disappointing to me because I tend to really like Hera. But Hera tried to include a lot of characters, and it didn't quite have enough time to include to like make all of them feel yes like they were real characters. Whereas with the Leia book was entirely about Han and Leia, who are obviously very established, and Hera, which who we also know. Whereas the Hera book tried to add in a bunch of new people that didn't really have a lot to them. That's, yeah, that's a good point, because she's just basically going on to like a planet that's like being imper- imperialized, if you will, 
and in her like you know and some of the aliens i felt looked a little too earthbound like too too little too like like a big versions of like an animal yes. on, on the earth you know i was like Ugh. the um the otter yes the, uh, the otter yes the otter yes. definitely an otter but that was the same species as was in the han solo trilogy they're yeah sel- i was going to say sel- that those selenites or something really selonians thank you really? yeah yeah, well, yeah. okay they're even mentioned in the in the x-wing books which is how i know they exist and there's the cover of han trying to like punch one on one of his yes. books like they exist those are legends things that have been canonized <laughs> interesting interesting well that's that's really cool so yeah i, I definitely recommend the forces of destiny comics i i think i think the whole line is really cool i'm really try, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to support it because I, I do believe in it i think it's a cool cool thing and i want them to keep you know producing content from it so um the comics are really cool i think i think that to me so far is even better than well i like the cartoons still but i think the comics are a distant second so for me, as far as uh, the stuff, so I really like it. Anyone else have anything to add to the forces of destiny? I am looking forward to reading the Padme and Ahsoka Same. one. I get very like I'm really picky with art styles when it comes to Ahsoka because she has gone through so many changes with yeah. what she looked like in the Clone Wars, what she tends to look like in 2D art, and what she looks like in Rebels. That I'm always like, is this on brand Ahsoka or is this somebody trying to like? put their own vision on Ahsoka because they want to make her cuter or look younger or older or whatever. (laughs) But I, so like, I'm going to be picky. Yeah, people do it. Yeah, no, I feel you there. Yeah, I know Saf agrees with me with this. Um, So I'm a little wary (laughs) about the art, but that's like kind of my own like hang up about that character. Sure. So I'm sure the story is going to be fine. And I'm glad that there's more Padme things for people who like Padme. Because while I have approximately zero thoughts about Padme, I like that she is like has a lot of fans and that people find I appreciate that Padme exists. I love Padme <laughs> and I'm always here for more Padme stuff. I know. I <laughs> like really, my so. main thought on like these books is that I really want to read them. And I haven't yet. So well, that's me. You, I hopefully you, when you do, Saf, we'll get we'll do a review on here, and I'm very curious what you think. Awesome! Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so we'll save that for a different time. So now we're going to go on. Basically, we're, we're going to just do a spoiler um, heavy uh, dive into a couple of the Last Jedi books. the The funny thing is, we all haven't read the same books except for one person. Saf's the only <laughs> true champion of 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 reading all the the tie in books. <laughs> Saf uh, wins. Saf wins everything. Uh, so, but we're just going to go over a couple things and I haven't read the, the two, the other book, the Cobalt Squadron or, um, the, uh, my gosh, what's it called? The page. I should read it. She's my girl. Bomber Command. Bomber Command. I love Paige Tico. I ain't going to lie. I got a mega crush on her. <laughs> so, uh, and her and They should Tally, make a comic about her. I, they should. And Tally. I'd buy it. I, I would. So, which again, I want to talk about both those characters in a little bit but anyway i haven't read those books but i have read the 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 adventures of luke skywalker which obviously megan has not but she's read cabal squadron and bomber command so we're going to kind of you know dive in i'm probably going to ask them some questions about the books you know kind of see what what's in it what's good what's bad and i'm sure they will do likewise for me or i should make it for luke because luke's your favorite character which i think is fascinating that you haven't read this book luke is my favorite character and i don't want to spend a lot of time on the reasons that i just felt like this book wasn't for me because i'm sure it's fine but well uh, that's a whole other i'll get into that (laughs) 
I'll, I'm protecting you. It seems you. a little too. It seems silly. Yeah. So we'll we'll start um, with my book first. I say my book because I was the only book I ever read. So. Saf read the book with me. I'm just gonna. I'll just really quickly go with my thoughts on it, Megan. I'll be honest. I don't think you're you're missing anything at all. I, in fact, I think you're doing yourself a service by not reading the book. And I hate saying that. And I, I don't say it lightly to be mean, because I'm sure that the people who the guy who wrote it, uh, Ken, um, whatever, Hi, Lou. yeah, Lou, uh, he's like he, I'm sure he's a great guy, and there is some decent stuff in the book. As a whole, though, I think it was kind of a swing, a giant swing and a miss. I think that the, the little good that's in it is just not enough to where you really want to, like, it doesn't really set up anything. There, it just it just feels like it was, I'll be honest, it feels like kind of a waste of time. Because a lot of things that it's meant for jokes and for laughs, and you just want Luke. You just want a real substantial story with Luke, and you really get two stories well, I'd say three, three legitimate stories that are like are, I think, really like solid. One that's really cool, and one and two that are just okay and fine, and they're they're whatever. For the most part, like the begin like the beginning story, which is basically this guy retelling a new hope through a comedic way, and it's basically Luke listening to the story. You know, you know, this guy says, "You want to hear the story of Luke Skywalker? Here it is," and then puts out. Like, okay, oh, I'm gonna. Admit, I did find that story really funny like oh, i was man. cracking up laughing when they were like it's all a conspiracy ekba is actually a puppet and oh. i was like oh my god it, it's, it's too it's, it's so too bad like it's, it's so tacky but it's my kind of funny fair enough fair. see I, that's fair and that's the thing is like but here's the problem i think that that book would were to come out after we had maybe one maybe two luke skywalker books of like meaty stories about like what's going on with Luke or what happened like a serious moment in you know post Return of the Jedi we would I think we would accept that a little bit more I think this being the first thing we get as a post Return of the Jedi Luke story that's not in The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi it was just kind of a, a, a wrong idea and I know and I know part of it is they don't want to be tied down to anything. They want to try to keep it as loose before they kind of they, they put all their pieces together for the story because they don't want to get bottled you know, down with minutia of like canon necessarily at this moment. That's the impression that I get anyway. Mm-hmm. To be um, fair, I think, I think this book is it's goofy. It's a goofy book and it's not meant to be like taken entirely seriously as a lead into Luke in the next movie. But it does link in with other things and it does give you a bit more of an insight to what he may have been doing around that time. Like there's the thing on Jakku where he gets the, the compass, which is brought up in battlefront and you see it in the last Jedi and gives him a reason for being at Pilio or whatever it is where he is mm-hmm. in battlefront too. Yes. So it does connect to other things, but yeah, you're right. It's not like a meaty good Luke story. It just has, it's kind of similar in the way to the before the awakening books before the awakening. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Journey to, the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yes. Yes. yes, those ones. In the way that it gives you vague hints to things, but doesn't actually give you any solid answers. Yeah, so the, to me, my favorite story of, of all of them were, was the one where he, he winds up on the water pl- planet and he, and he encounters the, the alien race there and how they, they teach him about, about the tide. Oh, the tide? The, that's super yeah, cool. That was, that was cool. That and, was really cool. And it's also... That was really cool. Yeah. I really liked that one. Yeah. So, the, um, and I also really like the droid one because obviously it's about droids. Yeah. But there's a line in it. Hang on, I'm going to find you talk. I'm going to find this line. Oh, okay. So really, it. really fast. What's cool about the Tide story is that 
it basically ties into the how Luke is able to fish on Octu, the scene where he has that giant spear. It's basically that's where he learns to do that is when he goes and encounters this race of of a, you know aliens that that incorporate that, that basically say that the Force is the tide. That was kind of <laughs> cool. That's that's actually, that's the, to me the best story, the best meaty story where Luke kind of learns a little bit more about the tide and he get revealed a little bit of what he's up to. The droid story is really cool where he basically is is uh, rescuing R two D two from something. That was a, a fun little story. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the basic thing about the droid story is, the last line, I think, of the story is, but I know a deeper truth. Luke Skywalker is not merely a great man. He is also, at least partly, a great droid, which is just awesome. <laughs> and it's really cute, and it's such a good, like, recognition of him having his robot hands yeah. and, like, being a little bit outcast from humans and how much he cares about droids and droids being sentient and just, oh my god, that story, I love that story so much. <laughs> no, and that, that is a solid and story. And just the idea, the idea of this book is that Luke Skywalker could be anybody that everybody could step into into his shoes and be luke skywalker and so it was saying that like even droids even like the underrepresented people who nobody looks at could step up and be a luke skywalker as well and that was one of the themes from this book that i did really enjoy was that it kind of it gave you a sense of like you don't know where luke is you don't know what he's been doing but there are other people in the galaxy that he's been inspiring with his right. words and his actions and his deeds who want to do the same they will they also want to be luke right no, and, and, and yeah, I don't think it's an amazing book in any way, but I I do have a little bit of a soft spot for it just because I love that goofy stuff, and also it's got like good droid stuff. Well, and, and here's the thing: I think the Tide story and the Droid story are back to back, and I started thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, this book's kind of getting getting hitting the the upswing, and then it hits the Flea story, which is <laughs> terrible. I don't even want to go into it's it. It's so funny. It's so bad, Seth. It's so no, funny. No, stay away from that story. It's, it is you will you will go you'll walk away dumber reading it. In my opinion, I'm just kidding. That's a little harsh. It's just not very good. I I didn't like it. And the last story, I'll be honest, it wasn't bad. It's just kind of I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Like basically, it's Luke flying around in an A wing, and they are researching space slugs. Yeah, I don't know. It was just. It's kind of it was just kind of weird. I just kind of I kind of I don't even remember it that super well. I just remember it just being kind of odd. He's he's exploring. Oh, the space log one was kind of cool though. It, like it, yeah, I I guess like this book. This book would have a place if we had a larger Legends universe. The old Legends books. If we had a larger expanded galaxy, expanded universe. That's the word. And we had a million books out, and they were just like kind of releasing books because they were cool books. This would have a perfect place there because it's like a weird little side book that tells some cool stories about the galaxy and what people are up to. And when it's like the lead up to the Last Jedi, it doesn't entirely fit. But I do love the book for what it does because this is the kind of book that if I'd read it while reading through like Legends, I would have really loved it because it would have been like a little wacky side tale that yeah. kind of took away from all the serious stuff. Whereas at the moment, like a lot of us kind of want more serious stuff because we want to understand what's happening in the universe. And so I think, it, yeah, it kind of has that problem that, you know, a lot of previous books have kind of struggled with as well because mm. we've got the movies coming out and we have a whole bunch of answers that we don't have yet. So, yeah, All I right. lost my train of thought there. No, but no, that's no, my yeah. point. Is that like, yeah. I, I do, I do really like, it's not the most well-written of books and it does have like a lot of like the the flea story is just so stupid like it's so goofy and it would if this was a full-on middle grade story it would make a lot more sense but it's not quite a full-on middle grade story which is why it's a little bit kind of out of place Mm. when you've got things like the tide happening as well which is like really really thoughtful philosophical cool jedi kind of force stuff that story at, at least shows a bit of how like 
Luke approaches the Force in The Last Jedi, where he's like, nobody can own it, it's its own thing. That kind of comes from the Tide and his interactions with those characters, which I really appreciated kind of seeing that earlier attempt at making him understand that and then seeing it kind of go into what it is in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think something that's going to be consistent with the other books we read for this episode too is that they carry a lot of weight because we don't have other tie-in books for The Last Jedi. We don't have a novel like a Del Rey novel from The Last Jedi except for the novelization that's coming out. Not that they would instantly be converted into better books if there were several novels out as well, but it affects how they do have to weave around different parts of the movies, like you were saying with The Tide, rather than creating stories of their own. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure about that, but we are going to talk about how n- none of these were great. And I'm trying to kind of try to find like a common solution. And I don't know if there is one, but that's just, I, you know, I think what part here's, I'm just going to go out and say it before we move on to Cabal squadron. I think the main problem we have with these tie-in books is that because the last Jedi takes place right after the force awakens, there really isn't much you can do as far as tie-in material without repeating yourself or getting into material that you don't want to dive into yet that you want you're saving at some point like for instance the kylo ren luke skywalker massacre or whatever like they're saving that for something else like they are obviously taking their time if they're making it up as they go along as as we're being told as we're seeing before our eyes then it's not quite been told yet once episode nine is done we're going to get all of that not because they don't want to it's just because they don't have the backstory completely fleshed out yet i think once episode nine is done and all the character you know who, again the flood begins yes i think we're going to get a lot more meteor stories about ben solo and about what happened. Are the Knights of Ren, are they truly the the old Padawans of Luke Skywalker's Jedi Knights? Stuff like that. What's going on? With, with The Last Jedi, you don't want to spill too many details. And also, that there's not really a lot going on because it takes place right after Force Awakens. So that's why we got books like Phasma. So that's why we got books like Leia, Princess of Alderaan. They did a few things like that with The Force Awakens, but... We really, I really feel like, even more so with The Last Jedi, they just don't have a lot of wiggle room that they don't want to dive in completely with yet. So they really tried to do their best to give us, not the least amount possible, just not their, you know, not the media stuff. Here's a, a you know, before we go, move on, one, one last point, a Catalyst. I felt that was a great tie-in mm-hmm. book because it brought together so much information that by the time I read the book and saw Rogue One, I already had a great feeling of Krennic and Galen together. And, like, they're already their history of how, you know, bad it was and what had happened. I already had a great idea going into it. So it was a great lead-in story before walking into the movie. And we just don't have, we just can't have anything that definitive because of, of what we're dealing with, you know, of a three-movie trilogy, and they have to—they haven't figured out the backstories, obviously. So, it's a—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's this is the this is what they've given us. So, I guess we can move on to Cabal Squadron. Who wants to start with that one first? Sure, I'll talk about it Do briefly. It. Cobalt Squadron is a, again, a middle grade novel. Um, It focuses on Rose and Paige Tico right before 
The Last Jedi. It was written by Elizabeth Wine. I was really excited about this one. I love that it focuses on Rose because I thought Rose was really cool. The problem that I had with it was that it was very predictable. So it starts with this great hook that is uh, Rose and Paige and their squad are going to a planet that is similar to the planet where the two of them grew up. It was a like a mining planet and the Empire or the First Order, excuse me, they uh, sort of devastated this planet and it was actually like two planets very close to one another and so when they find that the first order is attacking this colony um there's this clear theme here of two planets two sisters and they they, the two feel like they are going to reclaim their own home world in a way um and kind of save this planet when they couldn't save their own. So, like, emotionally, there could be a lot going on. There's the theme of Rose and Paige are bonded, gravitationally rotating around each other, and then there's this theme of they feel like they're at home on this planet, and they feel like the people have similar backgrounds to them. Obviously, Rose, Rage? That's, yeah, Rose and Paige <laughs> are, uh, have those necklaces that kind of symbolize their closeness. So... You could do a lot with the emotions there, but unfortunately it never quite got past the initial, oh, there's two planets and two sisters parallel. It it never really did anything else with that, and instead you got a couple different missions, like bombing runs against this blockade around this planet, if I remember correctly, and some additional characters, but it was all very... The fight scenes were very predictable. It was like, okay, here's our three quarters of the way through. We're going to have our big fight. We're going to have our defeat. And then they're going to come back again and mostly save the day. It was all very structured the way exactly you'd expect it to be. Everything from no, like, who's going to die before it happens because of the way the scenes are set up. It was all very rigidly structured in a way that I found quite boring. I liked the introduction of Fossil, which is the leader of their squad. She's like an alien commander, and I just thought she she seems like she looks really cool. I kept picturing her as almost a dinosaur, partially because of the name, like a dinosaur centipede kind of thing, which I don't really think is what that species looks like, but it's what I was picturing it as. <laughs> I liked her, but altogether, I found this book to be slow. And if you've read other science fiction space novels, you'll pretty much know where this one is going. As a book that is about Rose and Paige, I'm really glad that they're getting more exposure. I think this would be fine for kids, but it's not. It's not extraordinary. I hate to be mean about books. Oh, no, I don't, actually. I hate to be mean about Star Wars books. Because <laughs> I know yeah. all the authors are lovely. No, but I, get this book I get it. I get it. Tedious the... and boring. There's, like, a fight scene kind of near the end of the book that was actually pretty good. The bombers are kind of getting into this fight with the TIE squadron. Like, I found that quite riveting. The rest of it was just a lot of sitting around and talking and stuff like that. And Star Wars isn't exactly known for that. But I also feel like Rose wasn't entirely characterized well either, at least in a way that kind of matched how I saw her in the movie, which could have just been a me thing more than a book thing. But I kind of didn't gel with how how Rose and Paige were both shown. And it's very simple. It's very tedious. I use that word again, but it is quite tedious. I kind of forced myself through it because I didn't really want to read it. It didn't grab me at any point. Except for, yeah, Fossil was cool. I liked Fossil. I liked the description of like all the worlds that they talked about. They sounded really cool. But otherwise, the story was just meh. That's a good point about 
of Paige because I you get a lot of their clothes and you get some of Rose is very smart. She fixes up one of the devices that they use and it has a droid brain. Like she sort of created a like Frankendroid that she talks to sometimes, which is kind of cute. But I, I wasn't left with a resounding like here's Paige's character and here's who she was as a person. I was more left with their sisters, therefore they are inherently close, right? Yeah. It didn't really explore anything beyond them, like, oh, she's my sister, so she's my best friend in the whole world. And, like, the big sister being like, I'm going to protect you because I'm the big sister. It was very typical sibling ro- I almost said romance. Sibling relationship. Whoa, yeah, whoa, um, whoa, <laughs> we like it behind like... the OT. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was a very, like, stereotypical sister relationship in books, and it didn't really have anything interesting or... Like, I don't feel any worse about Paige dying than I do from seeing Rose cry in the movie about it because that's quite heart-wrenching. But this book didn't make me feel more about their relationship than the movie already did because it didn't really build anything up except for it just tells you constantly that Rose needs Paige. It doesn't really explain why she does or like the feelings behind that. It just is like she needs Paige. That's just the thing. And then that doesn't really, for me at least, carry through to the movie because I'm like, yeah, I already figured that because she's crying and she's sad. So yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't highly recommend this book in the in the expanded universe at all. It's not bad, but it's not great either. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I have the audiobook. Kelly Marie Tran actually narrates the book, which is really cool. But the story has has not gripped me, and I couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't finish it. It's a shame because I I like Rose, and you know I I, I have a huge crush on Paige, so I just. It could not grip me the way I wanted it to, and I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it, and I, I don't know, I can't really explain why. So, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess. So, yeah, it's, it's fortunate that we can't recommend the book necessarily. What about Bomber Command? You guys read Bomber? Did you, you didn't read Bomber Command, did you, Sav? No, I okay. forgot I it be, existed. Only I may Megan. be the only one. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I was also very excited about Bomber Command. It's sort of the parallel, the partner book to Cobalt Squadron, so it focuses on Paige. It's a journal similar to the Ray's journal. Um, so part of what I like about it is that it's a guide to sort of what day-to-day life in the Resistance is like. There's, like, diagrams of all the ships. There's talk about, okay, this is who Paige reports to, and here's the cast characters in the Resistance. Some about Emmeline Holdo. But altogether, it pretty much um, repeated what had been said in Cobalt Squadron or what had been said in The Last Jedi and didn't add too much. Um, Jason Fry's writing is always very smooth, but I feel like for this one, they didn't let him create much. It was more like you're going to repeat the canon that we already have. So it's a fun book. I think what I liked most about it was the format, and with the exception of there was one page that was actually quite difficult to read because of the color of the font and the background, but most of them were very well arranged and you had handwriting, you had little doodles, you had diagrams and little like technical notes that um, Rose and Paige made. Well, mostly Rose for the technical notes, I guess. And like drawings and you could see the image of the, the image that their medallion was based on, which was really cool. It was a it was a cool artifact. Like it definitely felt like this is a book that you could have picked up in a supply crate aboard the, the Radis or something. But as far as story goes, it didn't really add 
anything. It also, there's that bit at the end where, like, of course, it's you're, you know that Paige isn't going to survive. So, of course, the end is bittersweet. But it was kind of bittersweet in the way I expected. So, again, I would say, like, this is fine for kids. I think it'd be fun to be able to unfold the several um, pages that unfold into three pages. So you have a longer picture. Those are all good. But the story is just it's very similar to what we've seen before. So that's my quick review. Three out of five. Two out of two out of five sounds bad. And it's not bad. Two and a half out of five. Two and a half out of five. Very functional. Doesn't add a lot. <laughs> that's kind of what I give to Cobalt Squadron as well. As just, much as I hate star ratings, that's kind of where it sits for me. You just you just broke your own rules, you know? Yeah, I do that sometimes. I'm I'm a rule breaker. You I'm know, a rebel at heart. It sounds like you like to create rules only to break them, Steph. That is exactly me. That's very punk rock. I like that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, we're, I feel like we're also, like, immediately breaking our rules here. Because I do want to emphasize that. I'm really glad that they're they're doing tie-in novels based around these characters. I'm glad that we're getting some, you know, books that little girls can pick up and say, okay, I can be, a, like, a technician on something. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, I think... It's just, when you're looking at them from a story perspective, they are... That's just not their strength. So I do... I feel bad, like, saying these things are not that great. But sometimes, you know, you got to choose... What, what Part of what I want to do is tell you basically which ones are going to be worth the money so that's that's where i'm coming from yeah i'm glad there's these books that kids will probably enjoy i mean kids have taste too so they may or may not but that's true i i could see like i could see myself giving my nephew legends of luke skywalker when he's a little bit older he's actually seen the original trilogy because i think he could dig that um like i think that's his kind of book uh so i'm glad yeah that they're making like cobalt squadron and bomber command for like for yeah young kids to read and to support these like support characters and secondary characters and main characters that we see in the movies um especially when you know it's rose and Paige tico who are like the first kind of asian characters in star wars who actually get roles that matter well the first female asian characters i should say i just wish that they would give them some more meatier books which we may get one day maybe not with Paige, but definitely with rose it'll happen yeah, yeah. I'm hoping when I kind of want to. Okay, this is random, and maybe I'm just being like a lame, a lameo. But I would love a uh, book about Tally and Paige because they seem that they probably work together because they came in at the same exact time, you know, as like part mm. of like the Resistance fleet. Like, what? Give me like a cool, awesome bomber and and like a wing Tally story where they go and like whoop some a somewhere. Like that seems like really legit because I love the crap out of the opening of Last Jedi as far as that comes when they show up. I love the bombers. I love the look of them. It looks like Star Wars, but yet also very new. Which I, which again, it's very hard for me to kind of grasp onto, like you know, without being exact replicas of something else from the original trilogy, like which obviously a lot of things from The Force Awakens is like. Um, you know, the bombers look like they're Star Wars, but they're totally different than what we've seen before. So I really love that. I don't know I love both those characters a lot, and I would love to see a story with them in it, with Rose included. But those two specific characters, just because they're both dead, it would be nice to get some backstory of maybe why <laughs> why they're you know obviously they've they've had some some run-ins with the with the First Order in the past, and it'd be cool to see that you know maybe in action. And so yeah, I would I would love that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm really curious about what we're getting next in terms of adult novels, which I always am. I feel like you can just record that and play it on this podcast. Oh, we will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And that would be my contribution. I'm really curious about what's going on with sequel trilogy books that um, maybe we can't have yet because... As we've been saying, The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens are so close together, and maybe what's going to come next is that, like, the puzzle that it will be a piece of hasn't even built yet. I don't know. I really but, think that's it. I honestly do. Uh, I really love that idea about Paige and Tally because that would be cool. Excellent. Excellent. You got. Yep. You should write it, Megan. They should let you write it. Oh, man. Great. I mean, I'll have it done quick. If somebody wants to like solicit it, but... <laughs> I would. I would love to see what you come up with. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. For now, I'll put it on my fanfic list. At a girl. At a girl. Well, do we have anything else to add before we leave? Um, droids are cool. Rose is cool. Paige is pretty cool as well. Let's go with that. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is such a downer of an episode, but no, no, no. no. I... Be real. You have to be real. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe we'll talk more about Forces of Destiny next time because I like that idea of going a little diving a little deeper into those comics. Yeah. I like an excuse to make me read the books, so that's a good one. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> um, yes, so on the next episode, we may we'll, wait. Will Rebels be on by then too? Probably. We well, talk oh yeah, February, I forgot about Rebels. It would. It would if we record mid February. Rebels will have just started, and then it's going to be quite quick. I think it's four, three or four weeks until the finale. I think we should probably so. hold out until the end of Rebels. What do you say, ladies? Well, mm-hmm. we'll we can figure we'll that see. out as we go. Right. I think we might have a chance to do another episode in February about Forces of Destiny, and then one in March mm-hmm. about the entire Rebels two point four point five. Yes, four point five. Yeah. Oh, fair enough fair enough but either way people you'll hear us talk about forces forces of destiny and rebels in the next coming episodes so excited plus probably breaking down a solo trailer which i know you guys can't wait to do because you love han solo so oh, much yeah. we got lots of stuff <laughs> maybe um, maybe we'll get the use on vong in it well, i don't know <laughs> can you imagine if a vong character was like a side like a like a like a you know a major character or like or like a supporting character Oh, it would make Lord. no sense at all. It would actually... <laughs> but I would be the best. I'd owe you all cupcakes. That's for sure. I would owe you all cupcakes. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, tell me... Saf, where can people find you and all the things that you know, you're know you on? And can... You can find me uh, on Twitter at WandaLustin, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T-I-N. You can find me at NotSafWork.com, which is my site where I also run my podcast network. And you can hear me on the other podcast, Rogue's Podron, Western Reaches, which I also do with Megan, and there's some others in there as well. I don't know. Those two wow. and this one are the important. Don't tell the other podcast I said that, though. You're so prolific. Rogue Podron is currently re- reading. Wow, I didn't get any of those words correctly. <laughs> Rogue Podron is currently reading Courtship of Princess Leia, which, which is, is a ridiculous novel, and if you it. like to laugh, you should listen to that podcast because it's very funny and very irreverent yeah i would if prince isoldor becomes is like the canon character they canonize in the solo (laughs) movie that would be real hilarious but real weird because leia's not in that movie so (laughs) wow megan where can people find you uh online and also other projects you're on 
You can find me mostly at Den of Geek. I also write for Star Wars Insider and StarWars.com occasionally. My Twitter is at blog full of words, and I also write some games and stuff that you can find on Twitter. They are really good. Go play them. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's. I'm on my new, or my new, my old podcast, I should say, Marvel Newscast, is back up and running. We're going through all the old Marvel films, kind of retrospective of just kind of, you know, yeah, it's been a lot. It's actually been a lot of fun. I've reviewed these movies a ton with with you know through the different podcasts. But we're going through it as where where were we in our lives when the movie came out? How did it affect us and our fandoms? Because you know you got to realize as a, Mar- a lifelong Marvel fan that these were all just things I never thought I'd see. And you know I, they bring up so many different memories. There's an episode coming up where I'm going to talk about how when Captain America: First Avenger came out, it's when I proposed to my wife. And so she was she was gracious enough to make me watch it or take me drag her uh, to the movie theater to watch it a couple times <laughs> during there when we got engaged. So it was really cool. That movie will always forever be special to me because I, I think it's a great movie, but because of that. So we were just similar stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, you know, when when we got, you know, like where were we when the movie came out and, and how, how we feel about it now. So, yeah, all, at Marvel Newscast on you can look for that on uh, iTunes. And add us there. We just started a new Patreon um, that you'll get some uh, extra content for, like, you know, I think three bucks a month. Nothing too crazy. So, yeah, please support us there. You can also find us, uh, Blaster Cannon, on Twitter at Blaster Cannon Pod. Cannon, C A N O N. Check us out there, and we should all see you next time. Yes. <laughs>